Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 157 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm really excited about this topic today because we get to kind of, I don't know, make ourselves look bad. Yeah, it's (laughs) confession time. It's confession time. So we're going to be talking about some of our mom fails through the years. Some of the things that stand out. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I probably have a minor mom fail every five minutes all day long. Um, Absolutely. So definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah. And you know, what's funny is like, there's the mom fails that like everybody likes to share on social media that almost kind of like are like in a weird way, flattering, like, oh my gosh, I forgot the field right. again. The self-congratulatory one. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> look at me. I'm such a hot mess. We've talked about this before, right. like yes. the sort of cachet of the hot mess mom. But I think the ones we're going to talk about today really have like a, a twinge of real, like, oh, yeah. like cringiness. Like, I can't like, believe these that are the happened. ones that. Yeah, these are the ones that have not left my mind. These yeah. are the ones where I'm like, how are my kids still like alive and functional? Like these are the ones and I think everybody has them. And I think mm-hmm. we have so much shame around like yeah. even the little stupid mistakes we make. And so I think when other people confess like their big flubs to me, yeah. it always makes me feel better. So. Absolutely. And you this was your idea. such a good idea. And when, when you very first brought it up, I'm like, ah, sometimes I have trouble thinking of these on the spot. Not that I don't have them, but like, you know, as soon as someone asks you what's your most embarrassing moment and then you draw a blank. But funny enough, like four or five came to mind right away. So we, yeah. <laughs> we both have some to share. Um, I also wanted to mention that Katie joins me at the end of this show. And I asked her to be prepared with at least one mom fail. So she'll get in on, on the fun. And then as always, she'll have kind of an update on what's going on with her as a kind of newer mom. Um, so I know our listeners love that segment. So listen all the way to the end for that. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right. I feel like I want you to Are you, you going start. first? You no, want me? I, I want can go first. Yeah. Okay. So we grouped these by, or, or categorized them, I guess I would say, by like, you know, we all have our specific mom fails that we do, right? But there's always like a theme behind yeah. it. And the theme, I think, is what everyone can identify with. Um, Absolutely. I saw that you were doing this in the outline and I was like, yeah, that's so perfect because the the vulnerability or the, I don't know, naivete or whatever it is that that prompted this mom fail is totally universal. It's either that we were out of our league or that we were a rookie or that we, you know, our pride got the better of us or whatever. Like those it's like the seven deadly I don't know. Yes. Oh my gosh. We should have like a seven deadly mom sins um, episode at some time. That would be hilarious. So, all right, well, I'll start. And this one is one I might've talked about this on the podcast before. This one goes back to when Jacob and Isaac were in elementary school. So this is quite, quite a long time ago. Okay. Um, William was too, well, let me think about this for a second. I was pregnant with Owen. So no, I think I was pregnant with William. I don't know. I was pregnant. I was always pregnant back then. Um, And Jake and Isaac were in this new school and it was a little Catholic school and it was very, very tight knit. And I lived in this small town story of my life. And it wasn't the same small town or elementary. This was elementary school. You know what I think it was? I think I think William was in preschool and I was pregnant with Owen. I'm pretty sure. So I was pretty I had my hands really, really full. Yes. Um, And Jacob and Isaac were like in third and first grade or something like that. So 
I'm or maybe second in kindy. So there was this little bookstore downtown that was run by these three moms. It was awesome. And they all all their kids all went to the same school as my kids. And all of them were like in the same grades. So I've always been terrible. And this is like a case of me missing the memo. So that's the theme. I missed the memo. Um, I had my phone like I've had a cell phone forever and I've always been terrible about answering calls. I never have my ringer on. I don't like to have my ringer on. I I don't like to be alerted when my phone rings for some weird reason. I will look later. And if you leave me a voicemail, maybe I'll call you back, you know? So I just have always had that kind of relationship with my phone. And that day I'd noticed a local number calling me a few times, but I didn't recognize the number. And I just thought it was like someone, you know, letting me know the, I, I don't know, you'd like my book was in at the library or something. Yeah. And there wasn't anybody I desperately had to talk to. So <clears throat> around, I don't know, one o'clock, I come wheeling my big pregnant self down to the bookstore with uh, William in the stroller and went in and I'm talking, chatting with the moms and they're being really friendly, but kind of looking at me funny. And so finally, one of the moms, um, Teresa says, you know, I tried to call you a bunch earlier. Did you not see that I called you? And I was like, oh, no, you know, I saw a phone number come through, but I, I just figured it was somebody else. Sorry about that. And she's like, uh-huh. And then she's like, did you know you missed the, th- the Thanksgiving dinner? And so my kids had before that gone to a public school okay, where you didn't like the Thanksgiving dinner was not a thing. It right. was it was a, it was school lunch and right. they served turkey. Right. In fact, I don't think parents could go. Right. Well, it turns out at their new school, it is like the event of the year. Like everybody goes, they give away turkeys. They have like this oh game of like musical chairs where people like a win cakewalk big, with turkey, like a cakewalk. Yes. Yeah. A turkey. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's like activities and games. Everyone dresses up. My kids weren't even dressed up that day. Like it was, and, they were just and in their the expectation uniforms. was parents would be there. Every parent went. And yeah. so my kids had to sit with another adult because they were crying because I didn't come. So she was desperately calling me, trying to like let me know. Like she had the best of intentions. It wasn't like to make me feel bad at all, but right. she was calling me because she knew I was in town. Right. And everybody, like I could have totally brought Will. It wasn't like a yeah. thing where I would have had to worry about daycare. It was totally that I just misunderstood. I did not understand. I think a letter had come home and I just was like, what, what's this? Well, Whatever. And, what's interesting you know, is like you weren't a brand new mom. In fact, you were like a mom with a few kids under your belt. So you probably had, you thought you had the number on the Thanksgiving day elementary school thing. Exactly. You you know, like they make a paper hat with a pilgrim thing on it and they come home with whatever. But like, so you kind of thought I knew more than I knew. Yes. You thought you had it figured (laughs) out and then life handed you. Oh yeah. So it was kind of like a combo of just being disorganized and overwhelmed and a little hubris, like not thinking I had to, worry about this thing. So, yeah. yeah. And so I felt terrible. Of course, my kids got over it. I don't think they even remember, but I'll never forget. I'll never forget how bad I felt. And just, and I was like crying as this mom is telling me this and it's too late. There's nothing I can do. Like it's done. Except the next year I went and I like made a big deal, like a big (laughs) deal about going and I'm donating all the turkeys. Exactly. Well, actually I think our family won like a 20 pound turkey, which was pretty awesome. But yeah, so it happens, right? Oh, that is the worst feeling when you pick them up. Were they still sad or were they over? Yes. No, they were, no, they were, they, they really, um, 
Yes. Well, they, I don't know that they were sad anymore. I think it was also like sadness and they were kind of embarrassed. And then this other family kind of took them under their wing and it was fine. But they gave me a lot of a lot of crap about right. it, I will say. Right. Yeah, they did not let me live that down for a yeah. while. We're not going to sugarcoat these. Like if they no. if, yeah, like if it felt crappy, it felt crappy. <laughs> it felt crappy. OK, so my first one comes from very, very early motherhood. And the theme, I don't even know what the theme is, except that it's like that moment when you realize like you can't your old life is has gone and you are not <laughs> equipped for this new life. And that actually happens like throughout motherhood, I think, not just at the very beginning. But um, right. so I my first child was born at the very end of April. And so it was about three weeks later and I decided to go for a walk. And in Scottsdale in Phoenix, like by mid-May, it is really hot. So I was so proud of myself that I got up really early. And I decided I'm going to take this brand new baby and we're going to walk to the grocery store because it was, you know, like a quarter of a mile away. You could you could go to like this shopping center with a grocery store in it. And I thought, I'll just get a few things and walk home and I'm getting a little exercise. I'm practicing taking the baby out in the stroller, blah, blah, blah. I felt really good about myself. So the way that we used to get to this grocery store, we'd walk through a neighborhood street and then we'd come to Greenway, which is a big, big thoroughfare. And you could walk like a block down the other direction and cross at a crosswalk, which is what you should do legally. But when Brian and I used to get up early in the mornings and walk for breakfast burritos to the shopping center, we would kind of jaywalk. And what we would do is there was a divider. So, you know, like a four lane, really busy yeah. road would have that cement divider in the middle. And sometimes there's like trees planted. But this one was really skinny. It was just just a cement curb divider, maybe like the width of like two feet wide. And so I was so used to just kind of, you run across the first stretch of road when there's no cars and then you wait because the other oncoming cars are coming fast in the other direction. You wait until you can cross. So again, not legal, but also not a big deal. So I'm have the big stroller with the car seat in it, like a big stroller system, like we've talked about. And I don't even think about the fact that first of all it won't I have, fit it won't <laughs> fit on the divider even if oh, I could no. get it up over the curb oh, this divider is no. really small and so I right. just like every other walk to the shopping center I look and it's not a particularly busy time of morning so it's not that there are that many cars but the cars coming go fast I mean it's a 50 right. mile an hour it's a big road and two lanes in either direction and so I cross and I get to the middle of the road and I You're can't like, oh, like no. put my stroller up on this divider and I just have this minute in the middle of the road where I'm like I have my newborn baby in the middle of basically a highway and I felt so dumb mostly I felt dumb like like what kind of mother doesn't think about like what kind of mother doesn't want to walk you know 80 feet down to the safe crosswalk like what was I thinking and of course I wasn't thinking because I was sleep deprived and I was just doing the thing I had always done but yeah I always thought about that as this moment of like holy crap like I'm already in the middle of the street and I didn't even think of it and it was like a very humbling like you know I've read all the books on how to feed my baby and keep her but no one but but no one told you how to cross the street with the baby did they love a busy street (laughs) and then like couldn't even do so much as get up on the on the protected divider which wasn't even that protected it was really dumb right and so yeah, yeah that one stuck with me just because of course we were fine we just crossed the street but the it was the fact that it never occurred to me that sort of haunted me like that yeah that yes. my brain wasn't there and and I just was found myself in the middle of the road with a newborn baby you you went first of all you were on autopilot yeah and also 
you like didn't think it through. Yeah. And it was something where no one could have really told you what to do. You would have to just use common sense. Like, right. And the lack that of would, common yeah. sense was the most disturbing because I am right. someone who's logical and thinks things through. And so that was the part that like felt really that w- was haunting to me that like yeah. even me, who's very plans things out and is very logical ended up like that yeah. so anyway mm. that's that's my first one no that All one right. would stick with me too yeah. <laughs> um anytime you feel well the next one is a, a time that i feel like i put my kids in danger so yes. this will be another good one to kind of piggyback on that yeah um and this was a case of me both you know not paying attention to what was really happening and then jumping to conclusions about what was happening so okay. there was like it was like a double mom fail okay. there probably honestly there's probably a triple in there if i really think it through but <laughs> um so this was we were in disney world and uh, we're staying at one of the resort hotels. Okay. And of course, there's a pool. Mm-hmm. And I want to say Clara was like two and Owen was like going on six. That's like about the ages that they were. So little. Okay. Yeah. And um, they both neither one of them was super like daring in the water at that time. Right. So I would always feel really safe if I just had them sit. They would sit on the stairs and it was right. the kind of stairs where you can walk in really yeah. gradually. <clears throat> and there was a, a railing there. And so they were just kind of hanging around the stairs. And then this mom across the pool asked me a question and I couldn't hear her. So I walked over and I still had an eye on them. I could yeah. still see them. But we get into this animated conversation and I turned my face away for a minute and then I, I glanced back and what it looked like to me was that Owen was dunking Clara. Like it looked to me like he was purposefully like dunking her. Wow. And I got so mad, but it also took me a while to get to them. Yeah. So I'm like yelling at him from across the pool, like, stop it. What are you doing? Stop it. And he's not stopping. And so when I finally get to him, he's sobbing. So what had actually happened was Clara slipped off the stair and panicked. Okay. And then grabbed Owen. Okay. So he was trying to not drown. Like basically she was pulling him, right? She was pulling him under and he was trying to get her off of him so that he could get her out of the water. But she was like clinging to him in terror. So both of my kids are terrified and crying and scared and think they're drowning. And I'm yelling across the pool because I think the big brother's just being mean. Right. Right. Oh, I felt. And then this all happened in front of another family and everyone's watching. And you know how that feels like that public, like when you do something really bad and it's really public. So there were many factors of guilt, like the fact that I walked away from my kids poolside. Yeah. I felt terrible about and I didn't ever do that again, you know? Yeah. Um, And then the fact that I just like. I just accused Owen, like publicly accused him of being mean to his sister yeah. while he thinks he's going to drown. It was terrible. Oh. Terrible. So I, they got a lot of apologizing oh. for that. Oh. And poor Clara. I mean, Clara didn't even really care. I, she, right. she was scared. Right. But for her, she was, it was like a momentary panic and it went right. away. For him, it was like, yeah. and my he sister's was trying to drown me and, and my, my mom yelling. is mad at me. <laughs> yeah, so oh. poor guy. Oh. I know, so cringy. I'm like, I know. I feel like I like now. I need to go get a massage or like take a shower or something. I know. I don't know if we'll feel better or worse after this. Okay, my next one. I have. I have not told a lot of people this, and so okay, we had a nanny. Um, I feel like this is. I feel like this is going to need like some setup here. I know it is because you have. There's a one liner in our outline, but you don't actually know where this story is going. I have no idea what's going to happen. So I worked. Um, I worked a part. I worked part time after I had my first baby, and we had a nanny one or two days a week, and then my mom had Allegra one day a week, and so it wasn't like a. We didn't have her enough that I ever felt super like super close or comfortable to her. She was older and she had worked at the hospital as a nurse's assistant. So we felt really great. Like she really knew how to take care of newborns and babies. 
And she actually was a nanny for a lot of families who had twins and triplets. So she was super, super competent. But I don't know that I ever like had a great relationship with her, which is that feeds into this story. So and she was a lot older. I mean, she was in her late 60s when we had her. So she had that like very kind of authoritarian nurse grandma. Like she was very. I feel like you've told me about that. Like just about your relationship where you didn't feel like you could become a mom. Like you didn't feel like you could. Yes. I felt very intimidated by her because she had so much experience and I was so new. But yet I was the employee. I think we did. We talked about that when we did our sitters and caregivers episodes, but I don't think I told this story. I don't think I did. Um, I don't remember hearing it. So, so the first part of when we had her, she would come to our house and then about halfway through, she she lived very close by and she said, you know, one day a week, it'd be great to have Allegra over to my house. I have a little garden she can, you know, play in. And then when she takes her two long naps a day, then, you know, I can catch up on my own stuff. And I said, that's totally fine. There's nothing in, she wasn't doing housework in my house or anything else. And, and if anything, Allegra was at an age where she, you know, benefited from going somewhere else. I was like, that's fine. So she, Allegra would go to Patty's house, you know, once or twice a week. So I found out at some point. Oh, okay. Sorry. One more piece of the story. Her elderly mother lived with her who was like 90. That was the reason also why Allegra was going there is because she was trying to take care of her elderly mother who was really sweet and she was totally blind um, and she was 90 years old. So, you know, that's there's this 90 year old blind elderly lady also in the house. So I find out at some point that the nanny is putting Allegra down for a nap and walking it's across the street, but it's really like far across the street. It's not across a tiny street. It's like to the shopping center. It's kind of in the same area as the last story I told, like across a busy, busy street through a parking lot um, and running errands at like the Home Depot or picking up lunch (laughs) for... And she tells me this as so if it's Allegra not, is with, with was with her blind was, mother. She was with the blind grandmother who. OK, so when I find this out, Patty tells me as if I'm as if it's not a big deal, like, oh, yeah, I put her down for a nap and then I just ran over to the Home Depot and I got this and I went over there. So the fact that she is telling it to me makes me feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't think this is a big deal. And so I, right. I think the first time she mentioned it, I didn't say anything. And then I thought about it. And then when I came back like later that day to pick her up or whatever, I said, I said, so can your mother, I said, can she answer the phone? Can she, can she use the phone? If, if Allegra woke up, could, I forget the elderly mother's name, but could she call you? And she said, oh no, she can't. She doesn't even really get out of her chair because she's blind. She, does, she can't use the phone. I said, okay. Okay. Well, so I said, <laughs> so what, like, I, I didn't even know what questions to ask. Like to me, this was so inappropriate to, I'm paying her to watch my child and she's she's out the door and gone like running right. errands while my child is napping and there's literally nobody in the house it, who can do anything she might anything as well wrong. be by herself like and that's what right, I, exactly yeah. yes so she might as well be leaving her by herself because think about it if if someone came to the door if anything if there happened, was a fire the, the, yeah the, the the grandmother whatever the elderly woman is no use and I'm so flabbergasted by this that I literally don't know what to do and it, it just ate me up for a couple of days and I talked to Brian about it and I talked to I think my very close playgroup friends about it but I I finally just said you know I would feel more comfortable if you didn't leave my child at nap time (laughs) and then she said oh okay and then and then it was done but I guess the reason it's a mom fail is like looking back that is not okay I I should have either ended that relationship or come down much more strongly. And I just, I felt like I was so wimpy about it. Like I almost, yeah. I just didn't trust in my own authority. I didn't trust that that was as crazy to 
right. to anybody else as it was to me, but it was, it was crazy that she would think that. And, was okay. and the dynamic, right. It's the fact that she didn't think anything of it. That yeah. would make me question her judgment. But the yes. dynamic you guys had was that you weren't really allowed to question your judgment because she was more experienced yes. and obviously more confident yeah. in whatever ch- crazy choices she was making. So, and I guess uh, she's I probably it. from a, from a generation where like you would put your babies down and like run errands sure. in Mayberry local yeah. town, but I don't know. It just was like too big a leap for me. And so yeah, I guess yes. the, the fail part of it is that I did not trust myself to take more action, whatever that action would have been. I'm not saying I necessarily would have fired her, but I, w- right. I was wimpy. I came out really wimpy and I, and I felt like that was a fail. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go into my next one, which yeah, is a, huh, another great one. Yeah. Feeling great here. <laughs> Feeling really good about myself. Um, So this is uh, a case of me not, well, first of all, letting frustration get the better of me and then also kind of combined with not really understanding my own mom's strength, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure has happened to many. Mm -hmm. So um, Jacob, when he was growing up, I brushed his hair till he was like in high school because maybe not to high school, but like into middle school because he had this really, he has this really like bristly hair and it Mm -hmm. grows up. That's the only way I can really just up yeah. and out. It doesn't grow down. Right. So I would have to like spray his hair down with a with water every morning and like shape his hair down to his <laughs> head. Um, and now when um, this happened, he was probably in fourth or fifth grade. So he was old enough that he didn't want me to anymore. But yeah. like it was just something that had to happen. And also I'm trying to get three kids out the door to school in the morning and there's a bus coming. And it's like that rush. Yes. Like everyone just needs to fall in line and not yes. fight me because like, if you fight yes. me. <laughs> If you fight me on this, it's going to take longer and we might miss the bus. So I want to say Clara was a newborn or maybe I was pregnant. It was like a high stress time of life. And so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there like Jacob's sitting on the toilet. I'm brushing his hair. Isaac is can't. Isaac's the worst at finding things like he was always just. (laughs) tragically bad at finding his shoes. So I'm like yelling over my shoulder to try to help him find his shoes or whatever. And Jacob won't stop because he doesn't want me to be brushing his hair. He won't stop wiggling. And he kind of tries to pull away from me. And I went to like, just kind of pop him with the brush, like not like to hurt him, but just like, Hey, like pay attention on his shoulder. Well, first of all, I did it way too hard and the bristles were down. Okay. So it actually like left marks on his shoulder. And I, and he looked, he looked at me and he's like, you just hit me with a hairbrush. I mean, the way his face like the shock yeah. on his face that I hit him with a hairbrush hard enough that it actually hurt him. Yes. And I'm thinking, I just hit my kid with a hairbrush. Like, yeah. who am I? And I felt like I cried. I felt yeah. terrible. I think I apologized to him. I don't know. Daily. Yeah. For like two weeks because well, it, and it was such a minor, like in any other circumstance, he probably wouldn't even have felt it. Yeah. But it was me losing my cool. Yeah. And getting physical and then doing it with an implement that actually then added pain. It was yeah. just like, ugh, of so yeah. many, so many bad feelings. And that about moment that. in like the, what you meant to do and what came out was such a right. big gap, like where, yes. it, yeah, but, but it's, you can't undo that. So it just, and no, you can't. And his, and I think his any interpretation ever, that you hit him with a hairbrush. Right. And not, I kept wanting to go like, that's yeah. not what it was. Right. It wasn't that I was, I didn't mean to do that. And that's not, I mean, it wasn't what I meant to do, but like, I still did it anyway. And I think so many parents, especially, I mean, he was old, but yeah. like how many times when you have a toddler, do you, you know, mean to just kind of pull them away, but yes. like you pull harder than you mean to, yep. or, you know, it's, or it's rem- that moment I, I of like, memories oh, of like I could have really hurt that kid. Yes. And you know, when, you know, when like a toddler or preschooler just won't calm their body down and it's yes. really escalating and you kind of do that thing where you grab their forearm or maybe you grab both forearms to like, just physically like, like, Hey, like join me in not right. 
but I have I've had <laughs> join me in that, not being a wild thing yes, right now, please. Yes. But I've had time where that that grip on the forearm is just there's just a little bit of my own yeah. anger behind it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yes, guys, totally. Guys, you know we have never intentionally hurt our kids, but I hope this is right. coming across the right way. Like you have your own stuff pent up, and you're just yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it is. And I think that's probably, you know, the didn't like the intentions not lining up with what actually happened and right. then, and then not and then your strength coming through in a way you yes. didn't mean for it to. And their perception so universal. Being that you hurt them instead of right. whatever the real intentions were. Yeah. Right. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay. Are we ready to dive back in? Yeah, it's your turn. So this one is a little (laughs) bit lighter in that like no one almost died in the middle of the street, was abandoned or got hit. We're really or drowned. (laughs) This is really awesome. So this oh one is, boy. Okay, so this one is a little lighter, but I will say that the guilt that I felt was almost just as icky. So, but it's also kind of a funny story. So, um, Megan, you've stayed at my house, and you know that when guests stay at my house, Allegra's room becomes the guest room. We boot her out, and usually where she sleeps is in Reed's room because he has bunk beds. And so I don't remember who was staying with us, and this was maybe like a year or two ago. Um, so she was like 
eight. She was older and she was sleeping on the top bunk of Reed's bunk bed. And she is a little picky about she's very sensory sensitive with anything clothing. She doesn't like things that are itchy. She's very and she could be a little like complainy about stuff that's uh, not comfortable. That's the that's the context I'm setting here. So she calls me okay. up the first night and she's like, "Mom, this this bed is not comfortable." And of course, I have very little patience because I have house guests and I've just put three kids to bed. I'm like, "Okay, well, you you know, you've got your own pillow from your own bed. Let's bring you your own blanket." Let's make it, you know, as close to your own bed as we can. And she calls again, like 30 minutes later. She's like, Mom, I really don't like this mattress. It's really uncomfortable. And to my ears, this is sounding like a kid who doesn't want to go to bed and who's complaining. And so I have I'm really not empathetic at all. And the next night she does the same thing. Like, mom, I don't want to sleep in this bed. It's really uncomfortable. And I'm having none of it. I mean, I don't know how mean I am, but I'm like, just oh, suck boy. it up. Like you I are... kind of have a feeling I know yeah. where this yeah, is going, right? but okay. <laughs> so the guests leave. She goes back to her own room and I go up to the top bunk to, you know, change the sheets or whatever. Like after this is, and she slept in there for three or four nights. And I realized that these mattresses on the bunk bed are not reversible they're not you can't flip them over flipped the wrong way it's flipped over like you know a lot of beds you can flip a mattress and it's the same on the other side so she's basically sleeping like on a box spring on box springs it is the most and i feel so terrible like so terrible because the way that i treated her was like oh like you spoiled brat is kind of how i had treated her and she had slept on that for like three or four nights and eventually she stopped complaining she just slept on it and i feel i literally feel almost sick to my stomach like and that's so funny because these other ones we're talking about are really like more grave danger but i felt but yeah but no i get yes oh like i still feel it feels really gross to, but you yeah. could just see how it would happen. Kids are so annoying at bedtime, and they will say things yes. like the inside well, of the pajamas. She didn't hurt. say, like, and she probably didn't say like it feels like I'm sleeping on a hard surface. No, you know, she didn't like know, a box like, spring because she didn't know. No, and I just basically was like, well, it's a different mattress than your own bed. Like, get used to it. Suck it up. Oh my oh, gosh, the worst. Oh my goodness. Did you did you admit to her that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I she did was really right. apologize. And like everybody, it's a very funny story to laugh about. But I have to say, like, I just feel it feels gross. It feels really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get you. Uh, all right. Well, moving on. Yeah. Um, so my next one um, was like that moment where you have like, you're overconfident in your kid's skill or ability or developmental stage. And you realize it at, you just realize you've made a horrible mistake, yeah. but it's like too late. Too late. So yeah. we were at a water park and this is when Owen was, I'm going to say four. I'm just going to say maybe three. Yeah. Um, and he's just starting to have a lot of fun at the yeah. water park. Like he's just starting to get, you know, confident enough to go down the, not the big slides, but the slides at the, you know, they have like those medium sized ones. Yep. There's always like that big place with the thing that dumps yep. and, um, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're in that area Yeah. and he's, you know, he's mastered like the toddler slides. And yep. so now he wants to go up to like the next level. It's still not very big. So yeah. it's one, it's not a curvy slide. Like I can see him at the top and I know where he's going to end up at the bottom, but I'm not in the water. I'm because he's not a baby anymore. Right. right. So I don't feel like I need to catch him and he's just mastered a whole bunch of other ones. So I actually want to say I might've gone up to the top with him and positioned him. Yes. I was at the top of the slide. Okay. I positioned him at the top of the slide. I'm like, you going to do this? He's like, yep. And then I just, as he's oh, like midway down the slide, I'm <gasps> thinking, 
that water is a lot deeper than the other uh-huh. ones. And the current uh-huh. is yes. a lot stronger. Yeah. He's not going to be able to stand up at the end. Oh my gosh. Like no possible way is this kid standing up and it's too late. I mean, I'm at the top of the slide. I can't come barreling down after him <laughs> and then run him over. Like that's not going to work. So I want to say, I think John was close enough by like after he, he didn't figure it out for a minute either, but Owen hits the bottom and goes under and then like, and I'm sure he had a life jacket on, but yeah. when that water's rushing yes. over oh, you, I know. you I know. can't get back up. No. And, and they're so he's so trying. Little. They don't have any and body so weight. Little. Yeah. Right. So he's trying to right oh. himself and stand and keeps getting knocked over and he can't do it. And I think John ran in and picked him up. And so it was like five seconds maybe yeah. of him flailing around. But for me, it felt like an eternity yeah. of watching my kid yeah. flailing and have, and not being able to do anything to help him. And, and you knowing had it was sent my him down fault. gleefully. And, yeah. I, and he trusted me. Yeah. And I like threw him down a slide. <laughs> to what he thought was then his death. You know what I mean? And it was like, just that, that was what, it wasn't that it was that, I mean, five seconds of flailing in the water. He might've gotten some water in his mouth. I don't think he, he didn't go on, like his head didn't go under, but it was more that he was just getting his confidence and I got overconfident for him and, and pushed him into something. Not only was he not emotionally really ready for physically, he couldn't handle it. And I, it was me. I did it. Yeah. And he, I really felt like I violated his little, his little trust. And, Oh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) I don't know if we're keeping track of the kids that these fails have involved, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like maybe Jacob has been disproportionately uh, affected, but I remember so many of those because it was the first. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Oh, Sorry, first children. Yeah. Um, well, I, actually, I haven't talked about Will at all. I guess I never messed anything up with Will. I'm He's sure you had did. A perfect That'll be a part two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it just hasn't happened all the yet. Ways, all the ways that failed William. We'll just put them all in one episode. <laughs> yeah, it could be coming. I mean, you know, formative teenage years ahead. You mm. could be like about to fail. Yep. Um, okay, my next one involves uh, my third child. So it's not all the first child who gets our rookie mistakes. So right. I'm going to categorize this one as kind of the same thing as the nanny, which is, and this is like, it makes sense because I am someone who really likes to trust authority. I'm comfortable with authority. And so where that can get you into trouble is putting too much trust in an authority source that maybe doesn't deserve it. Okay. So here's the story. Violet was in a bounce house and Allegra fell on top of her and she hurt her arm pretty bad. It was pretty clear right away that we needed to take her in. Uh, My mom had been visiting and had seen it happen. So my mom and I took Violet to urgent care. It was like a Sunday afternoon. And so we knew we needed an x-ray. She was two and a half. Um, so it wasn't like it's, it didn't swell up huge, but we could just tell it was worse than your average, like getting bonked around in a bounce house. So we're at the urgent care. They do an x-ray. And um, I don't know if the x-ray results had come. I think they do these initial x-rays. But and then they just try to read them themselves. And meanwhile, it's being sent off to radiology. But they try and like if there's an obvious break, it would show up. Um, Turns out hers wasn't as obvious. So he said, you know, I don't think there's anything broken. And he this doctor, we had described what had happened um, and my mom had seen it happen. So she knew exactly like which way the fall had kind of like put pressure on her arm and her elbow. So my mom and I knew it was not dislocated. You know, dislocation, right. like it's if it gets tweaked or pulled or like hyperextended, right. yep. it was not that. It was kind of like if you think of falling on your 
wing. She just fell really, really hard on top of it with body weight on top of it. So there was no torque or there was no chance it was dislocated, basically. And my right. mom and I both felt confident in that. And the doctor says, well, you know, there's doesn't look like there's a break. So it, it, it is possible that maybe it's dislocated. And if it is, you know, there's the that nursemaid's elbow, that maneuver that um, yep. people can do oh, to yeah. pop it back in. Yep. So Which would I be incredibly painful if you had a broken if you elbow. Had a broken elbow. <laughs> so I don't actually remember like really how the conversation went, but somehow this doctor convinced us that a good course of action would be to let him try the pop it back in its socket maneuver, mm. even though my mom and I had stood there and told him like the likelihood that that's what's wrong is really low. Like, you know, we're not we're not medical professionals, but we saw what happened and we're both familiar with that whole like elbow popping out of its socket thing. And we don't think yeah. that's what it is. But somehow we both sat there and allowed him. OK, but this story gets worse. He then tells us that he hasn't done the maneuver in a while and he's going to oh. leave the room to go refresh his memory and look it up in the book and then come back and do it. So it's so you had time. So we had time to say and there was two of us. We both regret this deeply fail. It's a mom fail mom. She's with me on this. We both know it was a fail. We let him come back and to my two and a half year old who's already traumatized and screaming do that maneuver. I'm showing it with my hands where you push with your thumbs and you try and like shove the joint back in for an elbow that was not dislocated. It later came out. It was fractured. That is like, I don't know how I didn't look at him and say, you know, I'm not comfortable with you doing this. I don't think it's dislocated Mm -hmm. and she's already, but I was worried. I didn't know what was wrong with her. And like, I, I, and if you kind of also thought if it was a solution, it would solve it. Exactly. Exactly. If that was, it works like freaky fast. Right. Yeah. Yes. If that is the problem, then it is a pretty easy solution. But in our guts, we knew Mm. that wasn't likely and we let him do it and we both felt so terrible about it and of course yeah, yeah it didn't work because she had a broken elbow Ugh. you know it's it's funny that you've mentioned now two times when you didn't like not going with your gut yeah. um I bet you if I if I just focused on that I could yeah. come up with like 10 because that's such a common thing yeah. where we know like our mom gut is telling us what to do and we don't listen to it for a variety of reasons maybe because you're embarrassed maybe because someone else seems to know more than you and you go with it or whatever and then and then like the results are yeah painful and terrible it was sorry allegra anyway that was violet (sighs) oh it was violet that's right yeah yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was our first happened. broken bone as a none of my older kids had broken bones. The rest of that broken sto- bone story was fine. We had a great orthopedist like she did fine in a cast. But oh, that urgent care experience was terrible. Mm-hmm. All right. Why don't you do mm-hmm. one more and then we'll maybe add some final thoughts. OK, well, th- that's good because the, the final one I have is kind of funny yeah. and light. And I think we've we've really made ourselves feel bad enough today. Um, So this is poor planning. I'm sure everyone's had a case where they've (laughs) they've not thought things through. But I when this is when Jacob was really little, like a baby. And I want to say we lived like in an apartment. We weren't near anything like you couldn't really easily get anywhere like to the store or anything like that. It was probably winter, Michigan winter. And we only had one car. And I went to work and left John home with Jacob and there were no diapers. (laughs) So he had to create like fashion a diaper out of like paper towels. And then I think he taped it with duct tape and then he um, 
put like a plastic shopping bag over it that's and then tied amazing. it on the legs and then did another roll of duct tape. And that's what Jacob wore as a diaper <laughs> all day. And I mean, luckily Not that it matters. I'm just trying to pick. He was a toddler. It. Like okay. he was probably, you know, like 15 months. Yeah. So he yeah. was walking around yeah. in it. Um, the great thing is it was actually hilarious and we have pictures of it. I, someplace. I was going to say, I really want a picture. Yeah. I, I unfortunately it was prior to digital photos. So it's yeah. in a box somewhere, but yeah, one day I'll dig one up and yeah, he, it, and it was one of those funny things where yes, it was totally my bad and there wasn't much he could do. But, but then once he was like all in this weird, um, cause I was like, why didn't you just put him in the stroller and walk? You know, it would have yeah. taken you like an hour, but you yeah. could have gone someplace. Yeah. He's like, by the time I figured it out, he was already in this fashioned diaper. Yeah. I wasn't taking him out in public, right? Like, <laughs> you know, in a diaper made out of duct tape and paper towels. So, oh yeah. my gosh, that's, that's a good one. That is a, that's yeah. a, that's a nice way to end this. I don't yeah. know. Do we have any, I feel like we should offer some encouraging thoughts. Some encouragement. Well, I feel like, you know, I, I think that really what is like, and I, and I heard it in your voice and I felt it like yeah. in myself is there's this deep shame yeah. around things that sometimes aren't that big of a deal. Yeah. Like these are really big deals to us, but none of my kids have brought any of these things up since. Like, it's yeah. not like, like, and, and some of them, you know, are potentially a big deal. Um, and you learn from it and you go on. And I just feel like, I don't know that there's any way around the shame. I think the fact that we feel it is is evidence that we're good parents, yeah. you know, and that we probably wouldn't make that same exact mistake twice, but yeah. we might make another mistake in the same yeah. arena. And I want to say yeah. something about the danger because a lot of our stories involved potential, potential big dangers. Yeah. I think one of the reasons those feel so raw is like, our, we are constantly keeping out our, our kids out of mortal danger, especially when right. they're little. You're doing it all the time. But the times yes. when it's right in front of you is when you have a potentially close call like that. So it's if anything, you know, it's a, obviously we count our blessings. We know that bad things can happen all the time. And those little moments feel like big fails because it kind of reminds us that that's always our job. Like we're always having right. to do that. But then. Yeah, when your kid is face down in the water, it feels like right. the weight of all of that responsibility is in that moment. So yes, yeah. and I and I think it also you know the fact that enough of those stood out in our minds that those were moments of potential danger where actually nothing happened. Right. And then there's probably a million others you don't even know. Like yeah, another exactly. times that your kids were potentially in danger. You didn't even see it happen. Exactly. It just shows you that there's so many potential dangers in the world and usually things still work out. Like, yes. <laughs> and that's not to say don't try or like, right. you know, don't, uh, don't ever protect or um, supervise, but more like, I think we all have a room to like take a deep breath. The world's not yes. maybe as dangerous as it feels when you're keeping someone, literally keeping them alive. Yeah. And I, and also, I mean, I think that's a big anxiety trigger for a lot of new moms. And so if that's something that you're struggling with, definitely make time to deal with that. I remember I used to have, we used to be around swimming pools a lot because we lived in Arizona and I would have, I would wake up in the middle of the night having either dreams or just like bad hallucinations about mm -hmm. pool safety after we'd been at a pool. And it's almost like you yeah. have to, you have to give yourself like give yourself the time and space you need to kind of process that because there's a lot of kind of post-traumatic stress or just anxiety that goes along with that kind of danger. And yeah. I and I think that, and it can be free floating. Sometimes I, my sister, yeah. I remember telling me about when she was, when her kids were little, she would have these terrible fantasies in the middle of the night about them getting trapped in like old refrigerators. Wow. And then, yeah. you know, that's a very specific yeah. thing. Like kids aren't going to stumble across yeah. an old refrigerator every day, but I think yeah. it was, it was probably more if I'm, you know, armchair psychologizing yeah. her, it was probably like unknown, something she can't yes. control. It's not something she'd have in her house, but maybe yeah. it, 
they could be. And it was when they were starting to get old enough that yep. they were going out in the world more. And yep. also just like during a very stressful time for her personally. Yeah. So it's like all those things can kind of manifest yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear from people either. I would love to hear your funny mom fails or yes. your more serious confessional mom fails. Help us feel a little less guilty and alone. I think we know we're not alone, but we're definitely, right. we're not immune to guilt. You guys, we try and keep a positive spin, but yeah. Um, it happens. So it email happens us hello us. at the momhour.com or if you're brave enough, share on social media, tag us or comment on our social posts. We'd love to kind of <laughs> have some solidarity here. And speaking right. of solidarity, Katie will be with me in just a second. She's going to share a mom fail and um, as well as what else is happening in her life. And just really quickly, I would love if you have not left us a review in iTunes, which is now called Apple Podcasts, um, if you would go and do that. It's a huge help to us, and many of you have already done it, and we love reading your reviews, but I know there are a lot of new listeners, and you may not be aware that that's like a really tangible way you can help support our show, because it matters. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. Um, I'll link in our show notes at themomhour.com. We have a little tutorial on how to leave a review if you're not familiar. So everything everything we mentioned in this episode, which isn't a lot other than our dark past, um, will be at the momhour.com and this was episode 157 hey guys it's sarah and i'm back here with katie addis hey katie hey sarah how's it going it's good katie and i have a little more professional uh recording setup after doing this for what a year and a half yeah so. it's been about luke's age yeah and he's rounding out to two almost yeah so we finally have two microphones like proper podcasters anyway katie is here and she's going to have a struggle success and discovery as always but i also asked her to come prepared with a mom fail so katie you haven't heard megan in my episode yet but listeners just heard it and it was kind of raw like we shared <laughs> really we, like it was meant to be kind of light and fun and funny but like yeah we failed along the way a few times so i'm eager to hear yours yes okay well it at first was a little bit hard for me to think of one. And then once I thought of one, it was like the floodgates opened. Yes. And I was like, oh yeah, and here and this and that. So then I had, I struggled figuring out which one to share, but I will share um, probably my worst mom fail to date, which involves the stairs. Oh gosh. So any mom with a two level house can relate to this, yes. I'm sure. The fear and then if it actually happened to yes. you, but it didn't happen with our first. It, of course, happened to kid number two, and um, Luke did have a little tumble down the stairs. I like that you say a little tumble, like it sounds so sweet. I'm guessing it was... <laughs> well, that's, that's how I framed it to yeah. my dad on the phone right after when I called him in a panic. Like, uh, Luke just took a little tumble down the stairs. I didn't want to tell him how many Your dad stairs. Your a physician. Exactly. Correct? Which yeah. is why I called him in a panic <laughs> to, you know, see what is the protocol when a child falls down the stairs. Should we take him to the ER immediately? Should we just observe? Now, did you see the fall? Okay. No, thank God. But I think, you know, just hearing it even. Yeah, it's bad. Is bad bad. I mean, the ironic thing is that both Kyle and I were home. Uh -huh. We were sitting in his nursery and the moment I'm, I'm not kidding. The moment I asked Kyle, did you close the gate? We hurt or did we close the gate? Yeah. I mean, I didn't put it all on him. Yeah. It was obviously both our jobs to make sure that the gate was closed. Um, and all of a sudden we hear a tumble a and this was, he, he was about, um, probably between 
I don't know, seven months old, eight months old or something. So he was just crawling, really? Like, he how did it he... just crawling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It's not like it's better if they're walking. I mean, it's bad no matter what. I guess he's just little. Now, do your stairs have a landing? I can't remember. They do have okay. a little landing. Thank God. So and how many stairs are we talking? Like 10? No, I mean, like, I mean, we don't know where he fell exactly. Okay. I, I want to say that hopefully it was after i don't know maybe four oh maybe like he's made it down a few steps and then maybe I th- yeah I, that's what i want to believe in my heart but <laughs> but i think the younger they are the softer their bones are and yeah. the less vulnerable are i want to say they are, are. stairs carpeted they are okay yes thank god okay yeah that is that is rough so I'm you know sorry. protecting my kids from gravity i did well not. no i mean you'll hear the episode and you haven't heard megan and mine yet but listeners just did like i said and i mean many or if not most of them had to do with physical safety taking our eye off somebody or assuming something was one way and yeah it would just feel terrible but it real quick snaps you back into extreme vigilance yes. and for the next However long you are just careful about everything. Yes. Physical safety. We also related. talked about that phenomenon where you like replay stuff in your mind after, or even if it hasn't happened, I, I mentioned in the episode that we used to go to a lot of pool parties in Arizona and I would have these like kind of hallucinations after we got home, like later that night about kids falling in the pool, even if everything had gone fine. So it's like that stuff, the one, that one fall can mess you up for a while. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, while. so you had like haunting premonitions yes. that it would happen or that it did happen even it, though it didn't? Even though it hadn't happened and we all got home safe, it was almost like I panicked after instead of like, I held it all together there. And then I'd come home in the middle of the night I'd, I'd think about a kid falling in the pool, even, yeah. but it was like, instead of before the party, it was after it was weird. Yeah. So future tripping, I get it. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, that was a good one. I know that we have listeners. I read fell down the stairs and that didn't even make it into my <laughs> mom fails. I kind of <laughs> forgot. About well, you know, I'm still, I'm still pretty no, new. No, I know. This. I know. I know. Um, okay. So let's move on. Hey, if you are a new listener and you have no idea what's happening right now, um, Katie joins us about once a month and she has a three-year-old and a one-year-old. But when we started doing this, it was was like a year ago. Um, so she just kind of takes us through her life as a mom of much littler kids since Megan and I have moved on from those stages. And we put it into the format of one success, something that's going really well, one struggle, something that's hard, and then a discovery, like a, a product or an app or a tip or a hack that is making her life easier. So that's just a little um, overview if you are new to this segment. We do it about once a month. So what do we have t- today? Okay, so I'm starting with a struggle, and this is an anticipated struggle <laughs> uh, based on Luke's track record, and that is we are going on a vacation this week. We're traveling to North Carolina, oh, wow. which Sarah and I are in California, so this is Luke's first cross-country oh. air travel experience. I hate it already. <laughs> he's been he's been on a plane before, but only to Colorado, so that okay. was what, like a two-and-a-half-hour flight? Yeah. Now we're going on pushing five and a half hours of, of air travel. And, you know, a year ago when he was on his first, um, plane ride, he wasn't entirely mobile at that point. I mean, he was what, like 10 months old or something like that. So he wasn't, he was maybe cruising, but not on the go. Like he is of course now. Um, so two things stress me out, of course, the plane ride yeah. and then the time change because we're yeah. going from Pacific to East coast. How long are you going to be there? We leave Monday early, early morning, and then we come home the next Tuesday. So about a week. Okay. 
I would say, well, on the time change one, I someone a long time ago told me the rule like, and this isn't just for kids, but adults too, like an hour for each day that you're there, it's easier to move toward that schedule. So like the first night that you get there, there's no point in trying to get him on the new time zone. You just right. would put him to bed at whatever bedtime would be you know, in California. But then the next day, everything is an hour closer to North Carolina time. And then the next day, and I never did that, like tried to do that on purpose, but I do think that they kind of follow that. Like, yeah, I've never been super extreme one way or the other. I know people who try and keep their kids on the home time zone the whole time, but that just seems very stressful to me to try and like, okay, that would be, that would mean keeping a baby up till 10 o'clock every night in North Carolina. And I'm not sure you want to do that yeah Um, well I was just gonna say I had never heard of the sort of graduated interval transition easing them in that way though it makes sense I agree with you that I think it just happens naturally I've always heard what you heard which is to keep them on the same time schedule I mean I think I think if you have the discipline to do that and this is me talking who's like super disciplined about schedules yeah I just um I don't know why I don't I've never done that I've I guess I would do that if I was, if I went somewhere that far for like two or three days, I probably would. Yeah. But if you're there a whole week, I just feel like everybody kind of drifts to the time zone you're on and it would be really hard to sort of keep that up. And then it would I put a lot of pressure on you as a mom. I agree. I mean, I like it in theory, but I am leery yeah. in it actually working. And I think we will just and drift I think naturally. More, more than time zones, it's more just about getting the quantity of sleep, whatever yeah. that looks like, you yeah. know, extra naps, like a nap in the car. That's kind of all, my focus when traveling has always been on. Let's make sure everyone is getting as much sleep as possible and less a little less worried about time zones. Yeah. Well, Um, even talking about this, I mean, before we have been talking about this, I was really super stressed about it, but even just talking about it, I feel like I'm moving to a mental place of just more flexibility and openness and just knowing that our schedule is just going to be all tumbled for. I I think the next, I think so. I mean, it's such a delicate balance, right? Because on the one hand, like I really like to make sure kids get their naps when we're traveling. And like, I'm the one who will like stay in so that babies can go to bed on time. So like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty structured. But on the other, if you, if you have these expectations that you have to stick to a certain schedule, it makes your vacation zero fun. Yeah. There's something in the middle. Yeah. I mean, and then there's totally moms that I know. And if listeners, if this is you, I am like totally admire you who literally just let it all go and like, just see what happens. And I'm like (laughs) all for that. I just can't do it. Like I obsessively think about it. So. Yeah. Um, the air travel is a terrible, terrible thing. Basically, I, I think I've said this before from nine months to two years is my window of time where it is terrible to be on an airplane. Yeah. And I have done East Coast. I have done the whole five and a half hour thing with, uh, I think, an 18 month old at the time. By yourself? No, no. Okay. But I mean, with all three kids and Brian. So we were still outnumbered. Right. But. It's just, I think you just have to tell yourself it will end. Like yeah. it just will. It's You can survive anything for five hours. And we will pull out all the Yeah, stops, everything. All the bribes. All rules yeah. out the window. Yeah. yeah, it's just busy. And and the hard thing is like, you forget that the getting to the airport, going through check-in, security, boarding is like a two and a half hour process. And that's the part where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've used up like half of my tricks and the plane is still on the ground. That's the like panic moment for me. Yeah. Like once we're in the air, 
you just watch the clock and you're like one hour at a time. Yeah. Do this. Yep. Well, that's actually, though, a good thing to keep in mind to not to kind of pace those tricks. Yeah. For that first. And then I don't know. Do you have to rent gate. a car, do anything on the back end? We do. Yeah. Like our, our East Coast, we're doing it again. We do it we every do. other summer, but it's so much easier. I mean, you guys know, listeners, my youngest is five. It's so much easier, but we do it every other year. And so I've done it with a, you know, a one and a half year old and a three year old. And then before that, when my other kids were babies. So I've done it multiple times with babies. Um, but when we land, we have like a two hour drive. So we oh, have like wow. the landing, getting bags, getting a rental car, which in and of itself takes forever. And then a two hour oh, drive. Wow. So you guys are epic. really morning to night traveling. Epic. Wow. You can do it. It'll be, it'll be good. I want to see. We'll, we'll report back. Yes. We'll report back. Okay. So that's the struggle in advance. Yes. Okay. So, um, I have a little hack and, um, I actually haven't used this hack before, but I am very optimistic about how it will work. And I think it'll be so great. So when we arrive in North Carolina, we are staying at a, um, an Airbnb. Mm hmm. And so um, what we're going to do is we're going to line up several different meal subscription services. Oh, yes. What a great idea. Yeah, because, you know, if you've ever stayed in an Airbnb, you are provided with just bare bones spices and like if any, you know, maybe salt and pepper. Yeah. And so then it's always the question of, well, we don't we want to cut costs. Yeah. So we want to make some meals and um, go grocery shopping. But what do you buy? I mean, do you make hot dogs and maybe hamburgers or something? Um, So we just figure we won't have to we we can eat nice meals but we won't be wasting food we won't be and are faced you, okay I'm, I'm already interrupting i to, this is amazing but are you already subscribing to some of these services and you just redirect it or are you setting up new subscriptions i'm setting up new subscriptions okay. and we're actually staying with my dad who doesn't even know what a meal subscription service is so we're definitely using his name for one of them yeah <laughs> as a first time user and then we're also staying there with my sister and brother-in-law so we'll sign them up. Um, also, they've never used a meal subscription service either. Wow. This yeah. is really genius. So we're just going to cycle through the names and use a couple different meal subscription services and be all taken care of. That is genius. Yeah. Genius. So I'm so excited about that. And then lastly, I will share a fun success that actually happened the week before Mother's Day. Luke started saying mama, which you guys, he's 20 months old. So this is, he's very speech delayed. Annalie, my three and a half year old, she was also very speech delayed. Luke even more so. I mean, obviously, if he's only saying mama now, it's not that he never babbled syllables before. I'm sure he babbled the syllable mama, mama, mama right. earlier but, on, right. but, but never with um, and this is well, yeah. he still doesn't really do it with intention. I have to coax him and uh-huh. like, OK, you want this cookie? Say mama. You want this milk? Say mama. Um, and so it was just a you know, awesome. really, really sweet little moment and continues to be so sweet whenever I hear him say it. And um, I will say regarding the speech delay, I, w- I was very concerned with Anna Lee, who at two had very few words, uh-huh. maybe like six to eight. Uh-huh maybe not even. Um, and we did have her tested through the County, which offers free Mm -hmm. speech services at that. I I think before age three Mm -hmm. free services of testing and they'll assess whether or not they think your child needs early intervention. Mm -hmm. She actually passed the test. It was decided she didn't need intervention about two weeks later. She completely turned a corner and it was like full sentences. Amazing. 
That's really, that's really amazing. I know our listeners are really going to benefit from hearing that. I, I can't remember which episode, but just recently, Megan and I were talking about how when your kid is more delayed in an area, then those milestones just feel that much sweeter. I think yes. I talked about Reed riding a bike and oh, you know, yeah. just like everything, everything gross motor is harder for him and he doesn't care that much. So he doesn't try that hard. So then it's that much harder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yes. So I just like, I, it's a special celebration when it's like, when it, when you know, it's something that har- that's harder for your kid. Yeah. So, and oh. that newly emerging voice yes. oh, is just totally. the sweetest when you've only ever heard it like grunt yes. or, you know, make just random tonal yeah. noises. So cute. I yeah. hope you get it on video. The, yeah. We still go back and watch our kids like first words and, you know, like early talking. So So um, a sweet note to end on. I love it. Okay, you guys. So we will link up anything we talked about as always at themomhour.com. This was episode 157 and Katie will be back with me in a month or so. Thanks, Katie. Bye, guys. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.